Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is a crowd podcast. Welcome back to the French Rookie Podcast with me, Tim Groves, former Scotland international and adopted Frenchman, Johnny Beatty, and ex-Claremont and France hooker, Benjamin Kayser, who is becoming more British by the week, Benji. So you had lunch with the Queen last week, we established. and Pretty much, yeah. Don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. And this weekend, anything more British? Well, just get, getting used to the long the long weekend. It's basically a three-day celebration in England. It so happens that the sun is absolutely out and glorious. So it, it feels pretty surreal, to be honest. Everybody's boozing everywhere that I go to. All the pubs are full, the restaurants are full, all the dinners that I get invited to completely get out of hand. All the lunches completely get out of hand. But amazing fun, uh, just fantastic to, to see people uh, properly. As a symbolic, on the 17th of May, uh, you could legally hug your parents, couldn't you? So I haven't seen my parents forever. Poor things, and they're, they're, they're going absolutely mental. I think they might come... They, <sighs> We, we worked it out last week. I think my, next week, my mom is like, listen, forget about it. We'll just come. They're going to have to take a PCR test by the day two, day eight, once they get to England, quarantine in our house. So they will not be able to move from our house because, you know, like I told to you boys, the police came and knocked on my door and all that. And then when they go back to France, they're going to have to quarantine for another seven days. But in the last 14 months, they've seen the kids two days. They're absolutely losing their shit. And they're like, well, whatever it takes, just do it. They're going to spend probably a grand on PCR tests. Because in France, I think they're relatively free, but in England, they definitely aren't free uh, and they're going to come. But yeah, no, a long weekend was beautiful. What can I say? Uh, I lost I lost a mate because the, the guy told me, no, nah, he says, no, you're not French. You're actually an Englishman with a shit accent. <laughs> and I, that, that's a double hit. That, that is the that is somebody chops you at the ankles and Jotikori whacks you from the top, you know. I was in pieces, but uh, I'll, I'll blame that on too much red wine in the sun. But who's who's your former mate? Name him. The contact is erased, it's gone, it's done, <laughs> it's forgotten. But uh, no, no, all, all, all good, just great, absolutely fantastic we, uh, weekend with uh, friends and family in the sun. It was beautiful. And Benji might have a family visit to look forward to, but Johnny, you're right in there. The thick of that at the moment, aren't you? The in-laws are in town. Yeah, it's been good. Uh, look, generally, I kind of miss bank holiday weekends back in the UK because it's generally a three-day bender where you try and do your best to keep up with everyone. Generally, I don't. Um, whereas in France, it's more, there's four holidays, there's four bank holidays essentially in May. You get four weekends or there's four dates where it's extended, but 
In France, it's much more refined, more chilled. In, in France, basically, the bank holidays are the dates that they're fallen upon, right? There's no, it's going to be on a Monday. It could be on a Sunday. It could be a Thursday. It could be whatever. So we created this new world, faire le pont, do the bridge. Do the bridge means if it's a Thursday bank holiday, then obviously the school will close on Friday because there's no point, you know, not going on Thursday to come back Friday to then have the weekend, <laughs> right? And I'm looking at these people like, what the fuck are you talking about? Of course, there's the point. There's parents who need to put their kids at school, right? You don't skip a day to skip a day. And the same when I was when I had the shops, whenever it was a Thursday bank holiday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, ghost town in Clermont, everybody would jump in the car, go to Biritz, go to uh, Montpellier, go wherever you want, go away for the weekend, and it was a ghost town. So when you have four of them on, on, on just the month of May, uh, it, it's it's long, it's complicated, it's super frustrating with the teachers tell you, oh, come on, on va juste faire le pont. Well, no, no, not really. No, you just <laughs> stick to your job, do what you want to do, and make sure you teach our kids. I tell that to my in-laws. They, they think it's gin and tonic time every day at four o'clock. They're like, this is awesome. Why is it not like this back in the UK? I think they want to stay. No, French holidays in France are good in May. They're enjoying it. Well, bank holidays are definitely good news. And on the theme of good news, we sort of broke it last week. But we can mention the broadcaster now, obviously, and have a chat about it in more detail. The top 14's back on TV in the UK and Ireland, Premier Sports. They're going to broadcast some of the final games of this season, started last weekend, and they've got it for the next couple of seasons. So they're going to be showing up to four live games a weekend and a highlight show as well. So great news, isn't it? Yeah, and we, 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 thanks to Johnny, we sort of started a tiny little relationship with them and we did a few few plugins that maybe the viewers saw the guys who followed top 14 this weekend saw the halftime so hopefully it's going to be a long-lasting relationship for sure no it's good fun but look generally it's amazing news for french rugby fans everyone that listens to us that's back in the uk it's class it's been off tv screens for two three seasons i remember when it was on sky sports used to love watching that's how my friends and family caught games when i was playing so just the fact that it's back on screens is fantastic all the best players the French players that we don't get to see week in, week out, we just see in European competitions, your Dupont's, your Intermax, and then all of your world-class talent that's over you, your Colby's, your It's the Best, your Kano's, guys that you haven't seen for a couple of seasons. It's just amazing that they're back on TV screens. So like, what's not to like? The only difference is going to be, we don't know how much budget they're going to have behind it yet. So we don't know if they're going to have, if Benji and I can be pitch side for them and can actually showcase a little bit of what goes on behind the scenes or if it's just going to be commentary done from a cupboard somewhere. So look, I hope they go whole hog and they make a real effort and there's loads to be done and we can really show what goes on at the grounds in French rugby. Um, but in any case, it's just great to have it back on screens. Get, great that people can have a bit more insight into the games and see it firsthand. We've got a new sponsor on board, haven't we, Benji? We do, mate. We do. Listen, uh, the French are known for their joie de vivre, obviously. Their, their <laughs> poetry, their wine, but massive about their food. But yeah, we've got something for everyone to cook as a Frenchman. So the meter is the world's first best wireless smart meat thermometer. My lamp shoulder has never tasted better. I can pretend that I'm like an absolute rock star. I can finally make my password proud. And Johnny, you're cooking like a Frenchman now, aren't you? Are you using the meter? I enjoy Cote de Boeuf pretty much every weekend, which isn't easy to do. So look, it removes all the faff out of it. When I have French families over, they can maybe judge me for being a British cook, but this sort of passes me off as a, as a French cook. I get it right every weekend now. So no, it's helping me in saving my bacon on my plancha at the weekend. Absolutely. It takes all the guesswork out of cooking, whether it's in the oven or in the barbecue. And if you want to bring your A-game to the table this summer, like Johnny and Benji, you can get your hands on a meter with 10% off by using the code FrenchPod10 at meter.com. That's the code FrenchPod and the number 10 at meter.com. Raise the stakes with Meter and Le French Rugby Podcast. Hello, I'm Garrett Thomas. And I'm Tom Fordyce. 
And this is your official invite to come and join our brand new cycling club. Now, good news, it's a podcast too. So you can come and listen to us, try and build this club from scratch. And we'll have a few familiar faces joining us for the ride too. Right, G, time to tell everyone what we've called this club. Well, we thought long and hard about this. So we come up with a strong original name that really stands out. The Garrett Thomas Cycling Club. Yeah, I suppose it's easy to remember at least, isn't it? We will have new episodes for you every single Tuesday. Come and join us. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We will come on to talking about how the top 14 is shaping up this season ahead of the final round. but. A bit of news has broken that I just can't wait to get your opinion on. <laughs> you know what it is already. This, one, this one's coming for me, isn't it? Oh, my word. Referee Alexandra Ruiz, he is hanging up his whistle and becoming defence coach at Montpellier. Now, I know refs sometimes help clubs out with their discipline, nuances at the breakdown, that kind of thing. But defence coach, that's unprecedented, isn't it? So what do you make of it? I'm really looking forward to your take on this, Benji. Go on. I, I thought about it all night, mate, and uh, I have to I have to weigh my words because <laughs> it's 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 a bit of a tricky one. To be honest, I think it's a very very clever play from Philippe Saint Andre. If you want to know you know where to invest on the stock market because where is the new tech is going to go, you get the chief engineer of Google. He's seen it all. He's seen a lot of things. So basically. If you get Alexandre Ruiz, whatever he does, because apparently he did, he does have a little bit of coaching experience in sort of the equivalent of fifth or federal sixth division three. and and federal, federal three. three. Yeah. So, 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 so not too bad. Um, and he's always been keen to do that. The, the cheeky side of me wants to say you could tell on his face when he refed that he wanted to do more. I always struggle with his attitude. 
I thought he was very much, uh, he would tell people what he wanted to impose himself more than impose the law. Uh, and, and that's what it, maybe what it would be. You know, the cliche of saying that some refs are maybe like f frustrated old uh, players um, didn't apply to him. But maybe it, 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 he was frustrated because he knew how good he could be in terms of maybe uh, getting the boys to actually perform better. Basically, he wanted to be a coach. So now it sort of makes a little bit more sense. And I think it's very, very clever from Philippe Saint-André because imagine, I, I know all the coaches are frustrated with the lack of feedback or the lack of communication between the refs. If you consider that Alexander Ruiz is a good ref, and I, however, I don't like his personality, I think he is a good ref, that he's going to have a straight up sort of attitude to stick to what he knows, to his integrity, but still bring so much to Montpellier in terms of I, I just the, the direct contact to every single ref that they possibly have, potentially even have before other teams knowledge of what rules are going to be changed in the next couple of months, you know, where rugby is going and all that insider info that is going to be extremely valuable. Uh, now, as a defense coach, I don't know how good he can be. I don't know how good he will be. I don't know how he will be received by the boys, to be fair. That's going to be one tricky bit where he's just, I just imagine speaking to Guillaume Girado and to all those guys, and he's going to have to have a, take, you know, swallow a bit of a chill pill, uh, take a, grab a few, pay a few rounds of, of beers at the clubhouse, most probably, and then build a relationship from there. But fair play to Philippe, because I think he's the one behind it. Uh, it's a very, very clever strategic power play. How would you have received it? Um, Benji doesn't like yeah. him, so it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, mate. I, that would have been that would have been problematic. Because, how, however, I never I never had a, a distant relationship with my coaches, considering sort of post Leicester or even back in Clermont and stuff. You know, you spend so much time, and I was sort of getting on my career that I considered the coaches as part of the boys, different type of boys, but part of the boys. And I need that that sort of you know integrity and and straight up respect. When somebody rocks up like that, it's going to go from him, to be honest. And, and I can't judge not knowing how he's going to adapt to Montpellier. Maybe he's going to be an absolutely delightful guy and who who was a player, because I know he actually played with Dimitri Zazeski and Yannick Nyonga in, in Bézier a long, long time ago. I discovered that after he stuffed us with Clermont against racing and, and Yannick <laughs> Nyonga was playing for racing uh, and Dimitri Zazeski too. So I, I discovered that one afterwards. But um, now it's going to be down to his attitude. Does he know stuff? Absolutely. Has he got a quality brain? Is he hardworking? Of course, if you get to that level of refereeing, that means, you know, you, you're ready to work hard. Now, is he, is he ready to, you know, put a bit of, of human side to it, of uh, humility, of respect, of uh, just general kindness? Then it's up to him. And I'm, I'm sure he's ready to do it. But I would have struggled. To maybe because of his age, maybe of his background. If you get Nigel Owens, you like him, you don't. He's just, you know, a refereeing genius. So, yes, please. Just for the knowledge, I would have taken it. But it would have been complicated. Like you said it's a, a genius play. I think it's a bet. Like, this could either be quite good or it could be an absolute disaster. Why would it be a disaster? Because he might have detail and insight into refereeing strategies and foresight, but ultimately that is going to change in six months. The directives will change. Therefore, that becomes outdated. So we all have to catch up anyway in clubs. And look, you already have clubs that have refs come in as consultants. You have, for example, Pascal Gozer comes into Bayonne. He helps us with 15 on 15, referees it. You have practice with referees, working with different techniques. He explains different detail and breakdown. But there's a massive jump in that to somebody explaining how to compete for a ball breakdown, tackle technique, defensive circulation, backfield strategy, how do we defend from kick chase? 
it's a completely different kettle of fish. And that's where it's a huge jump. So for me, it's a bet. Like you're taking a risk on a guy who's, okay, a top level coach works in top 14, but his last coaching experience was Federal 3. And Federal 3 is not top 14. Montpellier are aiming to be a top six side with a watertight defense and to smash teams. Like, so normally you'd go somebody with a bit of experience in that area. So for me, it's a bet. Like you've gone with a guy who's got nice knowledge and intelligence in rugby in the referee sphere, but in the defensive sector, no idea. Unproven quality. That's why it's a bet. No, but I, I agree with you, but you know what's going to happen. Imagine if there's absolutely zero tactical fit after six months. Then he's going to be rearranged. He will not be because what, <laughs> what bothers you is basically his title of defense coach. Yeah. Because you don't you don't mind the the fact that he's he's he, he's got a good brain, that he can be very useful. It's just the actual defense coach. I think the staff of Montpellier was done. Right? There's this whole Franck Azema thing. What are we going to do right now? So we're going to stay with Philippe. I just want to you know, build it, make it a little bit more, um, a bit more depth in, within my, my staff to be able to allow them to do exactly their role. You know that they're not getting Bruce Rihanna only for the, the skills and the, and the kicking. They're going to be like, right, we're going to you know, suck your brain out. Oh, tell me how Bristol Bears is working at the moment. Tell me how the premiership is working at the moment. Give me about your, your, your Kiwi experience. Give me all that. So they want the general, you know, you, 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 in my mind, you sign more a person than you sign just an absolute task, especially in France. And so they're all going to try to work together. So if you, if, you, if you forget about defense coach, if you come as, I don't know, assistant coach for Alexandre Ruiz. Consultant, yeah. That's what, well, consultant, yeah, but he's going to be full-time. So he's part of the coaching side. That's where I think it's a genius, it's a genius thing. Because to be honest, what bothers you in defense and where I agree with you, he's going to teach you because Johnny, you're a former back row. For you, defense is collectively, you need to know your stuff and you need yep. to chop people in half. So there's also that, that physicality technique element that he's not, I don't think he's going to teach them ever. But you must admit that defense is a hell of a lot about what are you allowed to do or not. And yeah, a lot so of people do not is the rocks, is the, is the rules. And that's where he could be particularly clever, bringing that side angle. And Philippe, to be fair, there's always been, always, always been his, his, um, his clever side is that he, he's the type of coach that is not uh, scared of bringing somebody with a different angle and different point of view. And he's humble enough to let them do their thing and then decide whether it fits or not. Some guys will just be, you know, completely closed off. No, no, no. My baby, my team, my reins, never let go of the of the steering wheel, whereas he 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 doesn't mind. So that's why I think it's particularly clever. Never been done, quite quite proactive and modern, um, and 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 cl clever play. So the, the thing to add on to it is I saw also yesterday that Cast are looking to bring a referee into their team as well. Yeah. So I think it might be Philippe Santandre is the first guy that's going to do it. But then what happens to the bank of French referees that are currently refereeing in the top 14? Are we going to have to bump up their salaries? Because if every club can come in and say, we want a specialist to help us get an edge, whether it's defensively or at scrum time or, or work with our guys, which, which clubs do, you, you, they have a sort of relationship where you can come in and do one day a week. But if Montpellier say, we want to have one on the books that helps us full time, boom, there's one away from the top 14. If Cast are saying the same, another top level away from the top 14, what happens to that bank of referees that we've built up over time in France? Where do you get the new supply from and how does it work? That, that's my next part is I think it's smart. Again, if it was defense coaches, a stretch too far for me personally. But yeah. if you're looking for a guy to come in and give you an edge, wonderful idea. But then he obviously, if he's working with Montpellier full time, he can't referee at the same time. 
and how many of these guys will go. So what happens to the bank of referees long-term? Well, we look forward to seeing how that move pans out on Premier Sports next season. And it's the final round of the top 14 campaign this weekend. So every game will be kicking off at the same time. Loads of teams with something to play for. So can you two remember what it's like going into that final weekend of a season with everything on the line and maybe having to keep an eye on other results as well? I don't know what you think, Johnny, but we were in different situations. Let's let's be clear. Yeah, that, I don't believe it being as tense and as completely split in the Premiership. Maybe it is now because I played in the Premiership a long, long time ago. But I felt that the the dice was were pretty much you know rolled a couple of weeks before. You sort of knew where we go every single year. Maybe because it's top four compared to top six, so I'm guessing there's more teams, more possibilities, and all that. But every single year in France, there's always the big drama of, you know, either who gets relegated on the last game or who gets to the to, to the Champions Cup in the top six qualifiers in, in the last game. It happens absolutely every year. And to give you an example, in 2007, when we win it with Stad, we were fighting for the qualification. I can't remember where we stood in the table, but we needed to win. And the last game so happened to be in Agen. And Agen were fighting desperately not to get relegated. In our squad, we had two boys who signed for Agen the year after. Arnaud Marchois, the big second row, and Jérôme Fiol, the scrum half, who both, who both started the game. And there was no agreement of saying, listen, if Agen get relegated, because they could get out of their contract, but there was no agreement saying, listen, worst case, they get relegated, you can stay in stats for another year. There was none of that. They didn't, they didn't know. Uh, Mathieu Bastaro that year also signed from Massy in Agen. That's the only reason why he didn't end up going in Agen and then signed in Stade the year after, the big renovation. Um, and I remember going to this game. So you, it's, it's, I almost had to, like, you, you have to split your brain in two. Like, there was, there was the, the question of helping out your mates that are in the team. And Arnaud Marchois is just a big second mother. I did all the age group with, and I, I was really close to at that time. We only had a year difference. And I could tell this guy was in pieces, poor thing. He was talking, I'm going to, sh- it's literally shooting yourself in the foot, right? He didn't know where to go. Ajan were desperate. They would do anything. I remember Jalil Narjissi, the hooker, the, the former, I think he was a Moroccan international who he had hatred in his eyes. He kept, I think he told me about 15 times he's going to break my knees and kill me and this and this and that. Just try to psych me up. But we were a much better team than them. We ended up winning the top 14 that year. And we won. We won with pink, flashy pink uh, jerseys. They hated it. Um, and I remember that night, actually, well, for a little, little side story to it, the Lou said, Rodrigo Roncero, uh, doctor, qualified doctor who uh, played a little bit in Premiership, was really one of my best mates. Dad. You know, he said black, I went black. He said white, I went white. And they were, he really was my boss, man. And um, and we were rooming together. And obviously, the week after we played the semi-final of Top 14, interdiction sorti. Nobody's allowed to go out. And, uh, yes, yes, yes. Rodrigo, for some whatever reason, wants to go out. But he doesn't want to go out anywhere. So obviously, uh, we sneak out with a couple of us. And we end up in the bar where all the Asian players are drinking their sorrow away, you know, and they're desperate about like this. And we come up with a pink polo shirt that were the aftermatch sort of thing. Nobody could miss you, right? Ding, ding, ding. The dickheads are here. The dickheads are here. That's basically what it was flashing. And he rocks up. He already had a few drinks. And Rodrigo, if you know him, my word, he... He cannot be quiet. He was a rocker. Hey, alors, les amis, comment ça va? Just started screaming to everyone. I was like, we are going to die here, right? Uh, this is my last night. Either I die tomorrow because Galtier is going to kill me. Either I die tonight <laughs> because some Ajan boys will literally kill me. And so in the end, we we have a few beers, whatever. We come back. 
he's making a mess in the hotel, banging on all the doors. And I'm like, oh, my word, please stop. <laughs> please let me take you back to the room. And I chuck him. And as I chuck him to the room, one door opens, which is Fabien Galtier, obviously only sees me in the court, in the hallway, starts bollocking me. But I had a few, so I bollock him back. <laughs> oh, so like a nightmare. And then in the end, I just go to sleep and I go and, and I fall asleep, whatever. Next morning, I am dreading to go down to breakfast. I'm like, what have I done? My word shot myself in the foot again. Rodrigo, that's that's where you measure courage, you know. Comes out, like, come on, let's go for breakfast, whatever. He comes downstairs. All the boys are already eating. He's like, bloody hell, boys. I don't know who it was, was, but last night I was sleeping nice and easy. Some dickhead just walked around all the hallways, banging all the doors. <laughs> Everybody knows that it's him. And I'm there hiding under my T-shirt, you know, just purple, red, sweating like as I can be. But the, the despair on, on my mates who were already, the two guys who signed for Ajan, who were texting the agent, the hell am I going to do now? The despair and the disappointment to see on the agent boys who were like, knew they were relegated in the bar compared to us with our pink polo shirts, you know, jumping up. That's what it's going to be this weekend. There's going to be some, some hugely disappointed towns. Cause that's the thing. It's not just the team. It's the town that really is shaken up. There's going to be some absolutely delighted, uh, sort of bunch of, of boys who are going to think, All right, next week we've got the equivalent of a quarterfinal to play. Uh, but there's going to be some big teams disappointed too when you think that Stad and Toulon are the same sort of uh, the same amount of points. It's going to be quite nuts. It's a bold move that Benji. If you're going to break Fabian Gautier's curfew, I thought you'd go out all in black, big overcoat, false mustache, no bright pink polo shirts. I've never been the smartest man. That was the attitude. You know, go 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 hard or go home. And Johnny, well, Benji's out wearing his bright pink polo shirt, having a few beers. You're grafting. Your experience is the final day. my pants, mate. Let's be honest. So Benji, <laughs> right from the outset, Benji's stress at this time of year is, are Claremont, Claremont going to finish first, second, third, or fourth? Are we going to get home semi-final, go straight through, or are we going to have to do the barrage? But we're still going to go for a title, but oh, where are we going to finish? Like, that ain't stress. <laughs> like, I, I did a season, I think it was 2013 or 2000, no, it must be 2015 with, with Cast, where we were dreadful. And I mean... Absolutely dreadful. And already you've got the dreads because you've been poor all year. You've got pressure from the town. Supporters aren't happy. The coaches are worried about losing their jobs. Are boys going to get contracts renewed? All these things that turn around the club that you can't control when you're playing poorly. And I can remember the stress going to the last game with Cass. We had to win at home to stay up. And it was either us or Bayonne that were going to go down as 13. It was when it was two teams got relegated, not one now automatically, then a playoff spot. So if you were 13th or 14th, you went straight down. And that was it, just the sheer terror of potentially being part of the group, like a a Scottish kid there that gets cast relegated from the top 14. was horrendous. Dealing with the emotions of the last five, six games of the season, the turmoil of looking around other fixtures, hoping somebody else slips up, but they don't. Therefore, you're in the shit. And how can you get your team out? And it just comes down to that. It's a bloodbath. Like you said, Benji, it's just how hard can you go for it? Like team structures, templates, how you play go out the window. It's how much do you want to keep your team in the top 14? That's it. That's all that counts. Show how much you want to fight. It's not easy to live through. And so once with cast, we avoided relegation. Bayonne got relegated. We avoided it by one point. And we partied like we won the top 14 after we didn't get relegated. But if you want to compare the different, the last day scenario or the doomsday scenarios for Benji and I, they're very, very different in the teams that we played with. But it is what it is. It's not easy. Um, And again, you said, are you looking at other teams? You almost can't because they're all played. It's the one fixture of the year. All the kickoffs are at the same time. 
So you don't know what you need going into the game. You just know you have to win, try and get five points, try and get a bonus point and try and get as many racked onto your points difference as possible. Um, and that's where Bayon and Poe this weekend find themselves. Like a massive shootout and not easy for either side because they've got decent teams coming to their home grounds, uh, which I'm sure we'll get onto a second. But yeah, emotional, not easy to go through. Uh, and I don't wish it on anyone. It is not easy as a rugby player. And we'll come on to the bottom of the table in a minute. But Benji, you mentioned the top. There's four teams, Clermont, Toulon, Stade Francais and Cast, all battling it out for two spots in the playoffs. And Johnny, we spoke about this a few weeks ago when we had Kane Douglas yeah. on from Bordeaux. You sort of said you thought Stade, might, Stade Francais might sneak in. Do you stand by that? So the two games we've got that concern those ones. So Stade Francais, Cast and Toulon. So you've got Toulon going to Cast which I think Cass will win. Coming from Cass, having played there, it's hard to go there and win. It's a tough stadium to win at. But Benji, you've been there as well. It's not an easy place to play. So I think Cast will mean will make Toulon stick on 66 points. And I think Stade Francais, unfortunately, like if you look at their past month and a half, they smashed Racing, they smashed Po, they smashed Montpellier over the past five, six weeks. And they put 30, 40 points on each one of these teams. Like they are hot. Unfortunately, this weekend, my head tells me that Stade Francais are going to go and win in Bayonne and maybe Nick's sixth spot. My heart wants Bayonne to win because I want to see them stick and I want to see them stick in top 14. I think it's a great stadium to play in. They've got great fans. It's a great, great town. But I think Stade Francais, if you look at the fixtures, I think I think Castor are going to beat Toulon and I think Stade Francais, my gut says they'll win in Bayonne, but I just hope not by too much. Um, so Stade Francais, from, Stade Francais for me should finish sixth position. And then it comes down to Poe against Montpellier, the other game, where Montpellier, we saw Philippe Saint-André in the press this weekend, saying, look, we're not going to let anything, anything go. On by Rennes Lachey, we're not going to let up. But look, those players now, they've got nothing to play for. They've won the European title. Look, I think Poe will smash Montpellier at home this weekend at Stade Hamo because it's their season. They're fighting for their season. They've got Elton Yanchis come in and they have to do something. So... Look, it's a horrible situation. Although, Benji, we, you've never been in this situation, but I'm not sure how you'd feel about the, the relegation playoff game. But again, that's not easy because you go to, we haven't talked about it, but if you go to Perpignan or Biarritz, who are potentially going to go up, whoever loses that game gets a second bite of the cherry against either Bayonne or Poe, but at home. So you'd be going to Biarritz or Perpignan with now crowds in the stadium, which isn't easy either. So, like, I don't know how you see the bottom of the, the table, but... For me, Bayonne have to nick something from this game against Stade Francais, but Stade Francais are coming in hot and aiming for top six. And I think they've got enough quality with what they've shown over the past four, five, six weeks. They've got enough quality to win in Bayonne. Stade Francais, like Johnny said, are coming in hot. I don't agree with you in 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 how that it's going to be one-dimensional. Not one-dimensional, but how they, they're going to sneak a win in Bayonne. I really see Bayonne sneaking one out of sheer gut and determination, it's going to be a Good. hell of a game. I agree with you, but um, but I see them outpacing them, uh, and and I'll and I'll see them sneaking that one. But the the real tough one, because I would I still see Toulon as just a better t- side than than Stade Francais when they have everybody on the pitch and when they're ready to go. But like you said, going in cast is going to be mental. So I have a feeling that those two teams will not be able to beat the the home teams, Castres and 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 um, Bayonne. They will both be able to snatch. It's going to be down to, because it's a five-point defensive bonus point in France. It's going to be down to who manages, you know, to do that and not finish with the six-point difference and then uh, fall in pieces. Um, so it's it's going to be it's going to be nuts. I do agree with you that Montpellier, whatever Philippe can say, 
will not have the grit and the energy to fight with Poe at home. Somebody was telling me yesterday, before, before last week's game, Bayonne, if they lose against Stade Francais, would get relegated with 10 wins. Before last week, Toulouse, top of the league, had 15 wins in the whole thing. That's the difference that you're talking about. It's crazy. It's a bonus point at home. It's a defensive bonus point away. It's X, Y, and Z. And obviously a couple of wings along the way. Okay. But you're talking second to bottom to top of the league. That's the difference. It is mega tight. All these teams are very good. Bayonne beat, who did they beat? Well, they beat um, Clermont last minute, didn't they? And like in the opening uh, weeks, they beat Toulon there. They beat Montpellier. They've beat some serious, serious teams. Toulouse away as well. They beat Toulouse in Toulouse. So yeah, I think they beat, didn't they beat Racing at the beginning of the season? Yep. Out of a massive upset, out of nowhere. Big team. So, they've, so they have really beat some some big teams. You just don't know. It's a bit of a coin toss. All I know is that all those coaches do not want to end up in the position of, of, of Toulon and Stade Francais at the end, where it's going to be, you're standing on your phone, you're looking at who's doing what, the boys are speaking on the radio. They need to know, is a bonus point enough for us or not? Yeah, at the 72nd minute, you will see, every time there's a penalty, you will see basically Baptiste Sorin asking for the bench. How's the other game doing? You know, it's one of those crazy, it still reminds me of that Clermont Bordeaux in the Champions Cup with 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 Clermont when if we if we did if Morgan Parra kicked the 22 in front of the sticks if we took the three points we would have been in the Champions Cup quarters but losing at home you know conceding defeat admitting defeat at home is a bit um, impossible so we he just tapped and go and we went and we tried to score to win we and and we didn't score and we lost and we realized afterwards that the bench was sort of waving at us get the fucking points because <laughs> if you do we're through in the quarters it's putting your heart aside and just thinking with your head and in terms of the top six in the top 14 benji we haven't even mentioned clermont yet they're at home to la rochelle it's not cut and dry is it any part of you nervous at all for clermont no actually no then the reason why well of course i am a little bit nervous but the reason why i've got also a certain amount of confidence is the way that they played against toulouse so i watched that game it was a brilliant game, by the way. I don't know if anybody saw it. There was some crazy good rugby uh, played. Some crazy, crazy. It's always Toulouse Clermont is always an absolute delight, but but this one was was pretty cool with no fans. Okay, because it was played at night, but it was it was very cool. They were hungry. They were really pissed off, really hungry, and they conceded. I mean, my word, some stupid tries. So. Antoine Dupont ran around the Rabat Slimani who can barely even touch him at one point and it's a two and one and it's a try. And then the last one, did you see the one, Johnny, just before halftime? Game is over. Sebastian Bivzi tried to kick it, kick it out, except it's like a grubber kick that he just needs to get to touch and it's, it's sweet, except he misses it. It bounces on somebody else. Toulouse get it again and they end up scoring under the sticks Crazy. just before halftime and going ahead. Otherwise, Clermont were, were tied with them. So the reason why I, I believe in them is that they really showed not just quality, but but pissed offness, physicality, anger that they're desperately going to need uh, next week. Um, and, and that's why I see them go, going through. Do you agree, Johnny? Yeah, I do. They were outstanding in parts of that game. Uh, and I thought they could have taken more. Also with Cami Lopez coming back this weekend, that's a big boost. Uh, first choice, 10 back in. And look, they're just so hard to break down at home. Like, irrespective of La Rochelle being fantastic all year, like you're going to Clermont playing away from home against that side for their last, against a massive pride thing. We haven't really mentioned that, but the last home game for any club in France of the season is a huge occasion. I know supporters aren't going to be there, but still, it's, it's a massive game and they want to send everyone that's leaving the club off on a high. Um, so yeah, I see Clermont winning that one too. And one of Toulon, Stade Francais and Cast are going to miss out on 
Champions Cup rugby for next season as well, aren't they? Because Montpellier won the Challenge Cup, so that means only top seven get Champions Cup. I think it's going to be too long. That's going to sneak out. Yeah. Um, I, I just, the way Stade Francais have been going, I see them winning in Bayonne, even though I don't want them to win in Bayonne, quite clearly. Um, they've been phenomenal. And I think Cast have got enough to win at home against Toulon, even though they're, they're jam-packed with superstars. I think last game at home, like I just said for Clermont, the exact same for Cast. Um, it's the team that I think is going to miss out, which is crazy. Toulon. So potentially the three-time European champions not in next season's top tier, Benji. It would be particularly sore considering, you know, the 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 the, the questions are going to be asked to Colazo and to and to the owner are going to be particularly bitter considering the two upsets, you know, the cancelled games in Clinically and the cancelled game in uh, what? Yeah, in that's Leinster. not easy either. So they're going to be like, right, we got stuff twice because they did get stuff twice, and then on top of that, we don't get you know to compete. It's completely two separate, complete elements. It's down to them. They should have beaten the teams in top fourteen, okay, but still, it's going to be a tough one to 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 swallow. I still see them once they click, once they get everybody on the pitch, once they they really perform. Whenever they had to deliver at home, they really did every single game. They smoked Toulouse, they smoked Bordeaux at the weekend, and Bordeaux were coming in hot. Uh, with a strong side, yeah. uh, and they smoked them, and they really did. And Patrice Colazo was actually livid to uh, to not have taken the the, the offensive bonus point because it really it was really there um, for the taking, and that would have been a world of difference coming into that last game. So that's going to be a massive upset, but fair play to Gonzalo Quesada, who's clearly doing a hell of a lot of good, of good to Stade Français, shaking things around. How good is your seconds? The ten they've got playing who. When I was in Porto do with Bayon, he was at Oriac. And I was like, who's this kid that can kick the ball from everywhere on the pitch? Like keeping Nico Sanchez on the bench, you talk about Gonzalo Caseda, but that young French kid come from nowhere, come from Oriac. He's been outstanding. He's funny because so in 2015, I lost the top 14 final to Stade Francais with Clermont. And it was the, the whole era of Gibril Camara, Sergio Paris, Julien Dupuis was at nine, Rabat Slimani tighted, and Gonzalo Caseda was the coach. And he really, really uh, that was uh, Fatou, uh, Jonathan Danti at 12 and all that. And they really based everything on, you know, sheer determination, balls, 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 balls. <laughs> Basically, that's what it was. And they had the same issue. They had Jules Plisson and Mornestein at 10. Mm-hmm. Mornestein didn't, was a huge signing for them. Did not play again that season. But then for some whatever reason, in February, he started kicking and never missing a kick. <laughs> and he was just absolutely unbelievable. And that's really what happened with Sanchez and, and uh, Joris Segond, is that th- this other guy is basically now kicking absolutely beautifully, who clearly He's came as number two behind Nicolas Sanchez. Huge contract, huge signings, just beat the ABs. And, and I think he's basically replicating it. It's also a matter of saying, it speaks a lot to the boys. And it's a proper motivation to say, right, when I tell you that the best guys, the, one, the guys who wanted the most will play, this is an example. Right, and that means I don't need to repeat it every time. As soon as you say number twenty-one, Nico Sanchez, number ten, Shori Sugon, right? It, the, your actions speak speak more than your words, and um, and I think that's what he's doing at the moment, and that's where he's clever because he's quite ballsy. I'm pretty sure he's having quite a lot of pressure from the president and saying, "Listen, we're paying fifty grand a month or whatever it is, or seven hundred a year for Nico Sanchez. You you better play him from time to time, you know, <laughs> rather than your your Stadoriaqua guy, Frenchy, slightly overweight, but who's very very good to be fair. So plenty of games that that look mouth watering in the final round this weekend, but that that cast Toulon one is the pick, isn't it? <sighs> um, I would have loved, I would have loved 
to be on a Saturday afternoon, not at night, stuff the night, Saturday afternoon in Jean Dauger and Bayonne to see uh, Jean, to see Bayonne start. Because that would have been the beauty of French rugby. They would have rocked that place. Like Johnny's house would have been on roller skates. Yes. <laughs> it would have been unreal. It would have been everybody, like, everything that we love about that, that pride of belonging. Right, it's going to be songs. It would have been. Uh, did you see the the semi final? Was it who did Perpignan play? Oyonnax. Yeah. The Perpignan fans were going bananas outside the stadium with fumigens and all that, just cheering their boys. Do you think that doesn't impact the players? Are you kidding me? Whether Huge. you're foreign, old, young, French, born and bred in Perpignan, or from elsewhere, it counts. That's why the boys. When they, I know John Olugia, you know the former hooker from Clermont, my mate, yeah. who signed in Bayonne, they're desperate for that. They signed for that because it's part of the history of the club. They signed for the fans, for the singing, for the stadium, for the match day experience. So they they live for that. They haven't seen that. We've been denied this because of this flipping COVID. It's nobody's fault, but that's that's how it is. Um, and so the boys are desperate to have those emotions. Rugby is massively a game of emotions. It's times a, th- a thousand in France, so so it's it's even more than that. And so that game would have been would have been absolutely tremendous. So in terms of quality of rugby. Probably Clermont-La Rochelle is going to be up there. In terms of uh, tension, Castres-Toulon is going to be so tight that is going. You know, you will hear everybody's teeth sort of grinding at each other. But uh, <laughs> with a bit of crowd, Bayonne Stade would have been beautiful. Yeah, I think Bayonne Stade. You got Paul Montpellier as well. Everything to play for there. And then one game that we haven't even mentioned is Bordeaux against Toulouse. Everybody with different some something different to play for. Just to avoid all doubt. Give us your one, two, three, four, five, six. Right, that's, even seven. I, I, I just looked. I just looked. No, because we're, <laughs> we're talking, but we're talking. Uh, it, we're trying to, you know, to foresee the, the future. Toulouse and La Rochelle on seventy-seven, but even yeah. racing a number three, they could potentially sneak sneak a, a one and two phase because there's only there are only four points behind. Bordeaux yeah, are playing Toulouse. If they win five zero with an offensive bonus point, you just don't know. It's going to be absolutely mind-boggling, and that's why everybody's going to be looking at their phone. And the last thing that you want is to be depending on somebody else. You want to be in the cast shoes. You know, be like, right, we won at home, we're qualified. But the rest is going to be absolutely bananas. I would say out of absolutely nowhere, the top two are going to stay the same. Toulouse and La Rochelle are going to stay the same. Um, I would say Bordeaux will sneak in at third, and La Rochelle will be fourth. Uh, La Rochelle. Racing will be fourth, doesn't change much. And I would say Clermont will stick to fifth. And I will say the big bet of the day is that I say that Castres will be number six. I apologize for my mates of Toulon. It's, it, I, I don't see them winning. The weird thing is that Racing are home to Breve, right? And Breve have got absolutely nothing to play for. So again, that for me is a five-point win for Racing. Yeah. And then we've already said that we reckon Clermont are going to beat La Rochelle. So I can almost see Racing jumping into the top two. So I'm going to say either one of Toulouse or La Rochelle is going to finish third. And then my sixth team that's going to jump in. Claremont are going to be in there. I think that the sixth team is going to be Stade Francais. Am I right in saying it gets even more complicated? If there was a tie on points, doesn't it go down to head-to-head between the two teams as well, rather than straight points difference? Mate, I, I don't even want to go there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon, Benji? Who's going to be in 13th? Is, is it going to be Bayonne or is it going to be Pau? I see Bayonne winning. I really do see them beating Stade Francais. I don't, I don't see them, I, I don't see them letting that opportunity through. As a, as a last little, I don't know, spice to it. I don't know if it's going to be uh, any impactful at all. But the fact that Berits next week are playing promotion in top 14. Massive. They're having a, a final against Perpignan. They hate each other's guts. They want to be the Basque side. So it would be doom day 
if Bayonne get relegated and Barrett get promoted, right? Uh, so I think that's going to be extra motivation they need. Thanks, Johnny. Thanks, Benji. Can't wait to see it all play out on Premier Sports this weekend as well in the UK. And thanks to all of you guys for listening as well. Make sure you hit subscribe, leave us a nice review too if you can, and we'll be back with another episode next week. Au revoir, guys. Cheers. See you, fellas. Crowd Network, a place where you belong. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.